Hey everyone, welcome to The Building Code. Zach Matovich here with... Courtney Matern. And that is a special day for me because I get I get Courtney now and Charlie already got a few runs, so... I'm back. Thanks for writing in all those emails, all those messages on social media. I'm definitely making that up, but... Well, <laughs> I, I will say that a certain host's father did say that I was out of the job and yeah. that has been a source of conflict. Yeah, Charlie's dad texted him and said that... The chick on the podcast was really cool. Your buddy is out of a job. Yeah. So that, I'm putting that one on LinkedIn. I'm putting that under, you know, accolades and awards. Charlie's dad's favorite host yeah, of I'm the building code. Quotes. Charlie's dad <laughs> said it's got to go on the resume. Well, I'm going to throw this to you today on the building code. Who do we got? Today's guest is Todd DeWalt from ConstructionLeadingEdge.com. He's a consultant. He's worked a lot with our co-construct customers on helping them put in place systems that make their businesses scalable and kind of eliminate all of the chaos. And actually, um, last night at BTU, I talked to a customer who's like, do you know Todd DeWalt? He's amazing. And I was like, we're going to be talking to him tomorrow. And I just can't wait for everybody to hear his advice. I love these episodes where we get these construction experts as I just kind of parade around pretending to be one. <laughs> but let's not waste any more time. Let's get him on here. Hey, Todd, welcome to The Building Code. It's great to have you here. You're a podcast veteran. I feel honored to have you on. But, you know, tell our listeners all about yourself. Yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity to to be on here. My name is Todd DeWalt. Um, I run the Construction Leading Edge the Construction Leading Edge podcast. My website is constructionleadingedge.com. I live in Kentucky. My wife's a teacher. I have four kids. So I spend, a, over the past 10 years, I've spent a lot of time on bleachers, watching volleyball and basketball games. And uh, yeah, so we, we help construction business owners systematize their construction business. And that's what we're all about. I love it. I love it. That's that's a no easy feat. There's a lot of ways you can slice it in construction. So tell me a little bit about your background. Did you start in construction and decide to go into the consulting world or did you find yourself in it kind of like me for listeners know like I kind of fell into it. Tell us your, your story. Yeah. So I've been in construction for about a little over 25, 26 years now right out of school. I got a civil engineering degree, went to work for a large commercial contractor in the Cincinnati market and the Lexington, Kentucky market. Did that for about five years, then had my own construction business for a few years where I learned a lot of very painful, very expensive mistakes, and then ended up working for a real estate developer. Uh, I've managed projects for companies like Jones Lang LaSalle, Procter & Gamble, very large projects um, from the owner's rep side, ranging 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, up to, I think the largest project I ever did was about $110 million senior living community. And then the recession hit in 2000, hit me in 2010, and all new starts for the developer I was working for ceased as it did for most everybody else. And I found myself in this part of the construction industry I didn't even know existed. It was the sewer rehabilitation industry. Okay. Very, very glamorous. Very right? sewer. Very it sounds niche. like sewer. Very niche, but it's multi-billion dollar niche that most people have never heard of. But it's very Maybe because necessary it's all too. Under- yeah. Yeah. With everybody's no one pays attention to the plumbing until it 
you know, it doesn't work. Exactly. Then, then you <laughs> yeah. got a real mess on your hands. So I found myself in that industry and I found myself running a sewer rehabilitation company. A guy brought me in to run the company. And to say it was chaos would be an understatement. It it was it was just chaos everywhere. And I spent about three years eliminating chaos, putting systems in place, fixing cash flow, fixing people problems, fixing um, operational problems, just fixing problems. And grew that company from about 4 million in revenue up to 11 million revenue in three years, and then grew it from about 15 employees up to 50 employees. And at the end of that, I thought, you know, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, listening to like Dave Ramsey, Entree Leadership, some other entrepreneurial podcasts. And I looked around for a podcast that was like Dave Ramsey, but for construction. And I couldn't find one. And I realized, I thought, my hypothesis was, hey, I figured out some stuff the hard way. And in growing this business, maybe it could help some people. I was listening to podcasts. So I kind of created this thing that I wish I had, frankly, 20 years ago when I owned my own business. So I started the Construction Leading Edge podcast, started interviewing folks, talking about their stories, sharing some of the things that I had learned the hard way. And that was March of 2014. And here we are. Yeah, you fast forward to today, 2023, and your specialty is sort of systemizing businesses. What do we mean when we talk about systemizing? Or what do you mean? Yeah, so a lot of the a lot of construction business owners are they're visionary entrepreneurs, right? They want to, they started this business, they started their business. They want to scale it, and then they want to go on to other ventures. They want to acquire other businesses, start new divisions, get into real estate development, something else. But they're stuck. They find themselves handcuffed to a desk, chained to their business. They're stuck in day-to-day operations, spending all of their time putting out fires. And what we do is we help them put systems in place so that their business will will run without them is one way of putting it. So when I think about systems, here's how I think about systems. I, I studied structural engineering at the University of Kentucky and the, the definition of a foundation, right? Everybody who's built something has built a foundation, but the maybe you've never thought about the definition of a foundation. Well, the definition of a foundation is it's the part of a building or a structure that transfers the load from the building to the earth. Wind loads, snow loads, live loads, dead loads. It transfers the, the load of this structure to the ground. And um, a lot of businesses, if they were a structure like that, you would see all of the load going down to one person, the guy or the gal who owns it. So they're responsible for 100% of the load, sales, marketing, finance, estimating, pre-construction, selections, operations, everything, everything, everything goes through them. So they're carrying all of the load. And what systems do is helps, um, good systems are like the foundation of a business. It helps you to distribute the load to other people so that um, it's not all just landing on the shoulders of the business owner. Like the good visual is, 
Atlas, the guy carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, or some people have even said they feel like this mythical character, Sisyphus, who's constantly pushing this boulder up the hill for eternity. Over and over. So that's what, what systems do is they help distribute the load so that construction business owners can take off some of the hats so that they can actually move into that visionary role and get on to the next thing and, and get out of day-to-day -day operations. Last night we had a Builder Trend University dinner. So every couple of weeks we have, I don't know, 50 to 70 customers from across the country, sometimes from across the world, fly into Omaha at our headquarters and do two days of in-depth training. And on the first day we take a break, we have dinner, we network. And last night it was such a odd coincidence. I was talking to a builder, uh, True North Builders is the company name. And he was like, have, do you know who Todd DeWalt is? He helped me double my margins. <laughs> and I think it's funny when you talk about that carrying that load and not being the sole person who is responsible for keeping the structure of your business strong because this builder said you know last year i took 16 weeks off this year i'm going to do 20 weeks because i know my business is running smoothly when i'm away and i think that's i don't know the emotional part of a system is you could say like put in place some processes and it's like oh snooze but you say you put in these processes you're going to be able to sleep better at night and you're going to be able to take 20 weeks off <laughs> and suddenly yeah. it clicks <laughs> how do you motivate yep, yep. the builders that you work with uh or help them over the hurdles of putting in place systems because i bet it's really painful how do i motivate them um we don't they have to motivate I tried themselves. to motivate. <laughs> they, I, I've, what I've learned the hard way <clears throat> after trying to motivate people for years in as a project manager, running a business, in sales, etc. I've learned you can't motivate people, and frankly, they don't need to be motivated. They have they have all the motivation they need. So, the people that come to us that we help, they're motivated. And we might help them find their motivation and articulate their motivation. Like the gentleman you're talking about is uh, Max Christensen from True Builders in Arizona. And and he wouldn't mind me sharing this. He's a, been a longtime client. Their motivation was he and his wife, Lori, wanted to get out of the business and, and transition it to their daughter, Cassie, because they had a beach home and they want to get out. They're ready to transition into retirement. And that was their motivation. So we were able to help them put the systems in place to allow them to do that without overloading their daughter, Cassie, without them losing sleep about like, how's I going to, what are, are we overloading Cassie? Are we just throwing this pile of garbage into her lap so that it was a good, sustainable, smooth, smooth transition. So it is hard, um, but it's, you know what else is hard is chaos. So once people realize that the discomfort of, and they start thinking about how much longer am I going to deal with this? And how much is it costing me every month to deal with this chaos? And how much is the stress costing me? And a lot of the, the cost can't be measured in dollars because it's in sleep and relationships and time with their kids and family and things like that missing vacations 
once they realize, all right, enough is enough. I'm willing to deal with some short-term discomfort to eliminate this long-term pain that's not going anywhere on its own, then they're ready to get to work. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I've seen that a lot in a lot of businesses where they are reactive and they get stuck into that reactive mindset. They're just constantly firefighting. Things are coming at them. And that transition to being proactive is still work. It's still difficult. It's just now you are being intentional and you're actually able to control it. And eventually you're just conditioned then to be an operator and to actually anticipate those things. And slowly but surely that then leads to less friction, more efficiency, more business outputs, but you know, then they're making more money. And it, I've always tried to play around. I love the way you put that is it's, it's different. It's a different mindset, but either way it's hard. Yeah. Jim Rohn said something <clears throat> that you, you can either deal with the, the weight of discipline or the weight of regrets and discipline weighs ounces and regrets weigh tons. So it's going to, you're going to deal with something. You're going to carry some weight, but are you going to be disciplined and put the systems in place and deal with that? Those, the ounces of that pain, or are you going to go five years, 10 years down the road and only have regrets because you'd look up and realize, Oh, wow. I've, unfortunately I've, I've talked to people who said things like, um, my life is passing me by this. I'm working 70, 80 hours a week. I don't know my kids. My kids are gone. I have two grandkids. I have one client who said, I have two grandsons. I've never taken them fishing and it's a damn shame. And so you get to pick, is it the weight of discipline and putting systems in place? Or do you want to deal with the weight of the regrets when it's, it's too late? And I know I have plenty of regrets. And those are, those are painful because there's nothing you can do about them. What are some of those early symptoms of chaos in your business? Yeah. So I think of these symptoms, they are, um, systems deficiencies, right? So this is what we look for. One of the first things we do is we take people through an assessment and we'll, we'll ask them how to rate some statements. These are some of the most common statements. So I'll read through a few of them. Sometimes they're easy to measure. Sometimes they're not. Um, like they'll say things like I I'm a visionary, but I'm stuck in day-to-day -day operations. I can't get out. When I think about getting out of my business, selling it one day, retiring, there's no way out. I can't even think about taking a vacation. Um, one of the very common symptoms is when I do go away and try to take a week-long vacation, I'm answering phone calls and emails the whole time. Or if I don't do that, I have this giant mess waiting for me when I return. And frankly, a lot of people just can't take a vacation. They can't. They're too afraid to, or they just, they just can't afford that shows up as working 70, 80 hours a week, shows up as stress. They don't sleep well. They have health issues. In some cases, people are, they start to put on weight because of the stress. 
They um, start to affect their their family, their relationships. They're not as present as home at home as they would like to be. Uh, they're taking the stress home, and um, yeah. So those are some of the ways that that are a little tough to measure. There are some that are pretty quantifiable, and it's what we call profit bleeds. Profit bleeds like schedule overruns, rework, material waste, giveaways, what I call unsolicited charity, where you have to give away give away work. Either you have to, or you give away work because you don't know it, and you're not getting paid for work for some reason. And these are all symptoms of chaos and systems deficiencies. That makes a ton of sense. When you're going through an analysis with a business, you know, what, what's your process? What do you look at first? I mean, there's probably more impactful profit leaders than others. Where do you start? Well, we start, we, when we look at profit bleeds, we, we look at a few, we look at, um, if they have hourly employees, we look at lost productivity because that's a huge risk. A lot of general contractors don't have hourly employees, but a lot of companies who self-perform work do, and that is a gigantic risk. And that number can get very, very large. Um, we'll look at rework. Uh, let's talk through how much do you think you're spending on average each month on rework, doing work twice or making extra trips, schedule delays. How much, how big of a problem are schedule overruns? Are you hitting your schedules? Are you missing your schedules? And then one of the one of the most eye-opening, maybe most painful profit bleeds is one that doesn't even show up on an invoice. You'll never see it in a, a bank statement. And it's opportunity costs. Because when there's chaos, when there are schedule overruns, when there's productivity being lost, there's opportunity cost. And that opportunity cost is very a simple way to look at it is if this project should take eight months to build, but it takes 12, then that means I have all of my resources and my overhead tied up for an additional four months on this project, making the same fee. And I could have been working on the next project, turning that those days into dollars. So when we start to look at profit bleeds and total them up for a company that's doing say two to $3 million a year in revenue, and they're moderately profitable. It's not unusual for them to find out that they're bleeding out $10,000 a month or 120 to $150,000 a year in profit bleeds and they don't even see it. And that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's unbelievable. It is very surprising. I, I tell people like, okay, this is, this is a little bit like a colonoscopy. Okay. <laughs> the process is going to be uncomfortable. It's uh, like, there's no rubber gloves involved. There's that we don't in our process anyway, but like the process is uncomfortable, but the, the findings are very enlightening. You need to know what's going on. One thing I always think about too, is the construction industry as a whole. These are common things that are happening across the entire country, construction itself. Do you think it's the nature of construction that it lends itself to this chaos? Or is it is it something about the industry itself? I've always just, I'm curious for your perspective on why is it like this uh, so you know, commonly? That, 
I am I'm glad you brought that up because there's a there's a misconception and it's just there are these beliefs that we have right we when we believe something to be true we just don't even question it right so there's a belief that sounds like well construction is chaotic right well you know construction's it's going to be chaotic and it it doesn't have to be and if you believe construction is going to be chaotic then it probably will be so like personally i managed large very complicated projects i managed hospital additions uh, emergency department additions building out new operating rooms they were smooth i that company that i grew from 15 employees up to 50 employees at 15 employees i was working 50 to 60 hours a week constant chaos constant reaction mode and i got really tired of that at 50 employees revenue was tripled profit margins were doubled at 50 employees i was working i, I could have run that business in about 20 hours a week so you have to we have to stop believing that construction is chaotic now, here's why construction is chaotic. After spending years of like digging into root cause analysis, well, why is that? Why are we doing this? Why are we having these profit bleeds? Why is it chaotic? I, I've arrived at like the deepest level root cause that I found. And it's this mindset, it's a it's thinking trap that I've seen. I think it's human nature. And it's what I call the just enough to start trap. And what it means is we like to do just enough to start. So what this looks like is prime example I was working for a real estate developer. My job was to get this $30 million office building for Valvoline built. And it was just enough to start all the way through the real, the broker, the real estate broker said, all right, we need a 140,000 square foot building. Let's just do just enough to get an RFP out for developers. And then let's do just enough to get a lease signed. And then let's do just enough to get a contractor on board. And then every time we did that, we had to go catch up and figure out all the other details. And it was just chaos. So this just enough to start trap, this thinking trap, which is, all right, let's, let's just do just enough to get an estimate signed, right? Because it has to be free, which it doesn't, by the way. I'll talk about our war on free estimates later on. Let's do just enough to get an estimate out the door, just enough to get a contract signed. Let's do just enough to select, uh, get selections done to get started, just enough to get the foundation of the framing crew out there, and then we'll figure out the rest later. That is the root cause of chaos. So if you were to look at it on a very simple Gantt chart, you've got this one bar of pre-construction activities and when it over when pre-construction activities like selections, design, planning, purchasing overlap with construction, that's where you have chaos. But when you separate pre-construction from construction and you have a gap in between pre-construction activities and construction activities, the construction team has everything they need to finish. And that eliminates a solid 80% of the chaos. So if, if you want to eliminate chaos, go look 
at how how are we doing just enough to start that it shows up in the sales process it shows up when there is no real pre-construction process it shows up in the construction process it shows up in hiring shows up in financial systems so that's a really long answer to like what why is it chaotic it's because we do just enough to start people are afraid sometimes of adding those structures are having a defined pre-construction process where they have to check all the boxes because they don't want to they don't want to miss out on the job they want to get the estimate out but they don't realize that having that structure and that process is actually what gives them the freedom to do more and to take a breath and and to make extra money or I mean, I mean not even make extra money but make the money they should be making or take on more work or take yeah take on more work take on more vacations it gives you more freedom to have structure absolutely jocko willink um said this in one of his books either extreme ownership or the dichotomy of leadership discipline equals freedom so if you want more freedom with of time then you need to be more disciplined with your time and there's also another misconception People think, well, I'm a custom builder. I'm a custom remodeler. I need to be like the old Burger King um, catchphrase, which was have it your way, right? We'll do it however you want. And that is, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And you need structure. Customers, one of my clients said this that stuck with me talking about customers. He said, they're not professional customers. They don't do this all the time. They're looking for somebody to lead them through this process. So by having a very disciplined, very rigorous handoff process, we call it nailing the handoff. The pre-construction process, completing every selection, giving them everything they need to finish, and then handing it off. One of our clients actually had a baton. We actually give these to our clients. We give them a baton so that they can have, they can actually have a handoff meeting from pre-construction to construction. And when you do that, the customers love it. They have a better experience. It's better for the field teams. It's so much better on the trade partners. It's just, it's better for everybody to have a very disciplined process, to have structures in place. But I think that's a misconception is we, we got to be like Burger King and you don't. And it's actually in everybody's best interest not to be like Burger King. Before we wrap up today's interview, I'm wondering if there are some quick wins you could share with our listeners. Like you mentioned one, like maybe think about having a fee for an estimate. What are, for our builders out there who are listening, what is something they could do tomorrow that might help them calm the chaos in their business? What? Well, let's talk about the free estimate. Uh, as I mentioned, we've declared war on the free estimate because it is the root cause of so many problems, right? If you trace that out, you get into projects, you ask, well, why is this happening? Well, we we missed this and you trace it back to the root cause. And it was in many cases, well, we had to do the estimate for free. We couldn't, we didn't have time or money to, to do all the selections or figure out all the allowances or buy out the whole contract. So I'm here to tell you, you can get paid for estimates. Um, not only is it in your best interest 
to get paid for estimates and pre-construction, but it's in your customer's best interest. And when they understand the value, they will gladly pay for it. So we've taken hundreds of builders and remodelers and general contractors through our get paid for estimates process, and they're getting paid and they will never ever do free estimates again. So we're actually, because we've declared war on free estimates, we're making our get paid for estimates masterclass available for free right now. We used to sell it for a thousand dollars or so, but people can get that and get the, the, the sales scripts, the pre-construction agreement templates, pricing guidance, actually here's some interviews from people who've done it. And probably most importantly, like what you really need is the confidence to try it. That's, That's the difference maker is this will give you the tools you need, but most importantly, it'll give you the confidence to try it. And once you do, once you get that first payment notification that comes through and you've spent like 30 minutes with somebody, you'll never go back. So if, if folks want to get paid for estimates and, and join us in the war on free estimates, you can enroll at constructionleadingedge.com forward slash start, S-T-A-R-T. So go enroll in that, get everything you need, and let's, uh, let's end the practice of free estimates. And the benefit is both to the builder who's getting a more committed client, but also to the homeowner because a lot of care and thought is being put into that estimate and it's going to be more accurate. There's going to be fewer surprises. So it's also good customer service. Yeah. So a really quick win. If you're like, eh, I'm not, I'm not getting that one question you can ask, think about asking a client, like, all right, we're at the point where we either, we have two options. We can either give you a free estimate that has a bunch of gaps and allowances and um, we're going to, ask you to sign a contract and write a big check for a deposit. We're going to get started and then figure out all the details. That's option one. Option two is we sign a pre-construction agreement and we go through the entire pre-construction process. And then you decide if you want to move forward with the bill. So the question is, when would you like to know what you're going to get and how much it's going to cost before you get started or in the middle of your project? And every choice. homeowner is going to say, I want to know before I get started. Yeah. That's why we do the pre-construction agreement. That's why we get paid for pre-construction. It makes a ton of sense. If it's any consolation, I have seen more and more customers moving to this. So I think you're winning the war. I, I hope so, because it's we probably don't have time to get into it. But think about the impact on builders spending 30 hours of, or more on an estimate and, it, and it's wasted time. And they're doing this three or four times a month. And that's keeping them from doing other things. It's keeping them handcuffed to doing free estimates, handcuffed to their desk. It has an effect on their team. It has an effect on the trade partners, suppliers. So we we need to, as an industry, end the practice of free estimates. It, it's in everybody's best interest. I think we're going to have to bring Todd back either for a webinar or for a part two to, to dive deeper. And you know, I think Cassie from True Builders, uh, she's here today. She's another room taking a BTU class and I've invited her in, in on the podcast to talk about their marketing process because they're pretty smooth on the upfront and making sure they're getting like the best clients. So I know she's doing a good job. Uh, Cassie, Cassie is very impressive. Yes. She is a very impressive 
I know it's their lady. second time at BTU that she was here a couple months back. And I just, I love hearing the stories and I love seeing the dots connect too, because construction is kind of a small world, actually. Uh, if you think about it, there's, uh, the, you know, the best of the best are kind of watching each other and, and getting lessons from the best. Like you. Absolutely. So thanks, thanks, Todd. Thanks for being on. Yeah, Todd, pleasure is all ours. I'm, I'm just, I could sit here and talk for another four hours, but you got more important things to do, so we better let you go. Just got more builders to make them more That's profitable. Right. Yeah. But please come back. Absolutely. I'd be glad to. Awesome. Thanks, Todd. We just had Todd DeWalt, consultant on construction. I feel antiquated. He was incredible. I learned a ton. We had a great conversation. Courtney, what do you think? Well, you know, Todd tells a story that we hear a lot from builders is, you know, they get to a certain point in growing their business and running their business, or they look back and they think this isn't what I wanted. I am working long hours. I'm missing my kids growing up. I'm missing vacations. I'm in the weeds. I wanted, I had this big vision for my business. I mean, it's a problem we even have here in our teams at Builder Trend where we realize we need to be more efficient. We need to put a system in place. We need to take a minute, put in the work, be disciplined, let time be our, uh, you know, our partner in making us grow instead of our enemy. Um, and I think that people will really resonate with what he had to say and be able to take away actionable feedback and tomorrow get started on scaling their business and asking the question, am I where I need to be? Do I need to take a minute to put a system in place? It's almost like you have to have an out of body experience yeah. to be able to have that objectivity. And that's really tough. I think that's why these consultants, we've had quite a few on the, on the building code. They're so critical in my opinion, because it lets you bring in someone whose job is to be objective and mm -hmm. to analyze and it, you get blinders on. Like I was talking to a customer this week who said the worst thing in business that you can say is, but we've always done it this way, but that's the natural state for a lot of people. Like you think about humans yeah. are people of habits. They have core beliefs. They, it's really hard to embrace that change. Yeah. And so people like Todd, when you listen to him talk, it just put it in a way that just makes sense. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, why have we always been doing it this way? I think of, I don't know, recipes like my grandma mm -hmm. used to make, like desserts or weird things that we'd eat, like butter and, and sugar. And, and then you hear the story of like, well, we didn't have other desserts during the depression. That's why we've been doing it that way. So and we'll never change it. So we're never changing it. But you learn like you put up your own hurdles. There's traffic cones, you know, along the way and growing your business. And what if they're not there anymore? And you never took the time to look back and say, whoa, I, I could have been taking a shortcut. Yeah. So I, if I were you, if I was a builder trend listener and what we talked about today resonates with you at all, I would reach out to Todd. You can catch him on constructionleadingedge.com. And it's something that I think, um, is worth exploring and go check out his website for his free war on free estimates. That's really interesting content. Yeah. And please write to us at podcast at buildertrend.com. If you have other topics along those lines that you want to hear about, I think we should definitely invite Todd back for a part two or host a builder trend webinar when we can talk more in depth about scaling your business, putting systems in place. I know he's really big on profitability and, and increasing your margins. So we want to hear from you. What else do you want us to, talk about on the pod 
Love it. Courtney, great job as always. Oh, thanks. I'm trying my best. You're killing it. <laughs> Might just make you a permanent fixture. I said it here first. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Building Code. I'm Zach Watovich. And I'm Courtney Watern. We'll catch you next time.